Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdren. How is everybody doing? I hope that everybody is having a great week. And uh, this is my special episode where I have a recap of the Columbus Lions game. And on the show, I have the Columbus Lions play-by-play announcer, Jared Dillard. And joining me shortly will be quarterback of the Columbus Lions, Mason Espinoza. Jared, every week... Something crazy happens in a Columbus Lions game, and once again, they do not disappoint. First of all, I don't know if I was reading that right. The Columbus Lions brought their defensive coordinator, Damian Daniel, the Nighthawk. His jersey number is hanging from the Civic Center rafters. He comes out of retirement and plays for the Columbus Lions. I just, I was shocked. I could not believe that. Columbus Lions get a huge victory over the Carolina Cobras on the road. Jared, what is going on? Yeah, last week it was Mason Espinoza. This week it was Damian Daniels. It makes you wonder what's going to happen next week with the Columbus Lions. But it was a crazy game. Lions going on the road. And keep in mind, the Lions, one of their biggest struggles was winning on the road. Going to that game, they only had one win. And that was against the San Antonio Gunslingers in week two. It was a very important game for the Lions, especially if they went to hold on to the possibility of getting a two seed and hosting the first round of the playoffs and maybe even a championship if things go their way. The Lions went out there, and it looked really good. The Carolina Cobras came out sluggish. It was after the Cobras pretty much retooled their whole team, bringing in uh, names like Tommy Grady and uh, some other uh, big names. I mean, they yeah, had Joe Hills, Malachi Jones, Jabari yeah. Buckley. They have four, five, six, seven, eight new players. Jared, I seriously thought Vince Young was going to get up and do a press conference <laughs> and just start out with Dream Team. Yeah, I mean, that they really retooled their team. And it says a lot about ownership when they're willing to go out there and spend that kind of money. Uh, you know, it rubs some people the wrong way. The way it I did. look at it, the way I look at it, that's like, that's, that's a big commitment. You know, I, I like owners that are, you know, engaged and are willing to spend that money for their team. We can talk about the ethics of that another time. But Carolina, they were they were gunning for that one seed or were trying to find a way to turn their, their season around because they've been kind of sluggish lately. And in the beginning of the – in the first half, it did not look good. I mean, the Lions went up 33-13. to 13, And for Carolina, it looked like the wheels were falling off. Tommy Grady went down with an injury. Malik Henry had to come in, or even scratch that. First, let's talk about the the Cobras. One of the Cobras' kickers came in, Smith, and threw a touchdown. That was probably one of the crazier things that happened in the game. Um, Damian Daniels had a pick six. Uh, welcome back, Damian Daniels, defensive coordinator. Then the second half came along, and slowly but surely, 
Carolina started clawing and inching their way back, eventually took the lead. But in Columbus Lions, last gasp, got a touchdown and two-point conversion with Darian Townsend, and that sealed the deal uh, for the Lions, getting a big win on the road and solidifying themselves into that third spot in the standings and gunning for that second spot if they can get a big win over the Orlando Predators this week at the Columbus Civic Center and the Carolina Cobras drop their game to the Jacksonville Sharks. Now, Jacksonville takes on Carolina in Jacksonville, but the Sharks will be without their star wide receiver and one of the best players in the league, Devin Wilson. Did you happen to see that play where he made where he hit the referee yeah i did and i saw that it caused a stir on the the nal fan facebook page and everybody had their opinions i know people somebody threw up a poll asking whether or not uh, he should be suspended or anything like that or even kicked out of the league i can tell you as of the 17th he has been suspended indefinitely by the league how long that's going to be is it going to be one game? Is he done for the season? If the Sharks make the championship, will he be able to come back? I don't think anybody really knows until the league puts out a statement. But, yeah, look, it, it, was, a, it was a tough situation all around. I, I know one of the big sticking points this past year has been refereeing, and I know the NAL released a statement after a, an incident after one game. So I, I know that's been a kind of a sticking point. And then when a play like that happens, you know, you, you want to put out the reputation that, you're a professional league uh, and not try to have that, any of that Bush league stuff. Devin Wilson is one of the best players in NAL. And from what I could tell, he's a pretty stand up person. This is the first time in the last four years that I've seen where he's done anything that was malicious. Um, so, I mean, I can't get in the head of Devin Wilson, but hopefully something is learned from this situation. Don't know when he'll be back, but he's still an exciting player. I know he's important to that Jacksonville community. Um, this just may be a learning situation for him, and hopefully the league can step forward with the situation, and maybe that draws a line for this player-referee relationship because I, I know it's been a little bit strained this year. The speed of pace of the game and, and some calls have been overturned and stuff like that. Uh, I hope this isn't the boiling point where things get worse and that it, it, it kind of draws a line. You're absolutely right. I've been reading some of the message boards for some of these uh, fan pages for the NAL. And really, the fans are the big winners because it has been such an exciting season in the National Arena League. Right now, it do really doesn't matter who wins the championship because we have had such an incredible season. Of course, as Columbus Lions fans and part of the broadcast team, we want to see Columbus win their first championship in the National Arena League. I just cannot believe the last time that the Nighthawk played suited up for the Columbus Lions was 2016. Can you believe that, Jared? 2016, the last time the Columbus Lions won a championship. Yeah, and, you know, it, you know, some people talk about how all the pieces start to fall together and you see similarities between this team and that team. For the Lions, you know, this, this may be the pizzas falling together. Uh, and it says a lot about Damian Daniels going from a coaching position, coming out and, and helping out the team. And I, I can only imagine what that conversation was between Coach Gibson and his defensive coordinator. Just, you know, just looking at each other and saying, oh, you know, we need some help on the defense side of the ball. Maybe we should go sign somebody. You know, we got a couple of guys banged up. And Damian Daniels just like, I'll do it. <laughs> and I wonder how long it took Coach Gibson to 
kind of realized what he said and then just agreed to it. Now, we did have some players that were banged up in the previous game, like Rodney Hall, Maurice Leggett, uh, Kerry Starks. But I actually saw all them out there. I didn't really see Darrell Green's name get called. But uh, Desmond Reese has, was the ultimate Ironman player. And I, I think he's a candidate for Ironman player of the week. Uh, two touchdown receptions and an incredible tipped pass. Did you see that tip pass that caused Damon Daniel to get the interception? Yeah, I mean, that's just a uh, regular tip during your pra- you practice in practice. Uh, and Desmond Reese has always been kind of a, a key point to this team. If you look at the stat sheet, he doesn't pop out like a Darian Townsend or Jarmon Fortson, but he's definitely, if you just watch all he does on offense, defense, have the ball, he flies through the ball. He's always there. He can be a big game changer on any side. How nervous were you when Carolina was making their comeback? They were down 39 to 13. They took the 40 to 39 lead and the place went nuts. Mason Espinosa had the ball with about three and a half minutes. He throws the interception. I got to be honest with you, Jared. I seriously thought that that was the ball game. I thought that Carolina was going to close it. They do score the touchdown to make it 46 to 39, but they miss the extra point. There's still a chance for Columbus. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking they're going to tie it, and this game is just going to carry on and go into overtime. But that is not what that is not what Coach Gibson wanted to do. He went for two. That was the right call. You're going into a hostile environment. All the momentum is in Carolina's favor. You go for the two, and what a play that he drew up. The Columbus Lions were able to take the lead, but it was on the play before. Espinosa took uh, advantage of the free play and a wide-open Jarman Fortson. Just incredible sequence. Yeah, you know, the, the Lions' last two wins are very reminiscent of what they did this past week against Carolina. Keep in mind, uh, it's their last two home games, week nine against Jacksonville. Remember, Jacksonville was driving down the field before a pick six ended it and sealed it. And then take a look at the Gunslingers game for Columbus. Gunslingers take the late lead. You know, you don't know what's going on in the arena. And then in the final 30 seconds, the Lions drive down the field and get a big touchdown to put them away 79-75. So the last three Columbus Lions wins, definitely not for the fan of heart of Columbus Lions fans. Hopefully they got their insurance lined up. Um, we'll see what they pull off against Orlando. Um, but that's, that's kind of a big thing for this Columbus Lions team is that they've gotten out to big leads lately in the games that they won, is you're going to be able to put them away. Um, once we start getting to the NAL playoffs, you can't do what you did uh, this past week uh, against Carolina where you go into the second half and you only put up 13, 14 points. That, that's not really going to cut it in this league where teams are starting to score in the 60s and 70s. Carolina did have 33 unanswered points in that second half. It was the tail of two halves. They actually got momentum off the Darren Townsend fumble recovery, mm-hmm. and the Lions did not convert on a fourth down conversion, and Carolina was able to make their way back in that game. Let's move on to Orlando because that is the final regular season home game. It's going to be this Saturday night at the Columbus Civic Center. It's back to school night for the kids. We're going to have a magic show at halftime. It's going to be awesome. The Orlando Predators are looking to play the role of spoiler. They're uh, eliminated from the playoffs, but they did beat the Columbus Lions back on June the 3rd, 48-44. to Rakeem Cato 
left the game because of an injury, but he was awesome in that first half. Clarence Williams, the second, was just incredible. And, of course, it's a homecoming for wide receiver Lonnie Outlaw as he returns to the Columbus Civic Center. I mean, you remember Lonnie from last season. He was one of the mm-hmm. Lions' top wide receivers. It'd be nice to see him back at the Civic Center. But Orlando, you can't take this Orlando team lightly. I think, Jared, this game is going to go down to the wire just like every single game pretty much that we have called this year. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. This is an Orlando team that is sneaky good. And I think one thing that we can say about all six teams this year is that they were all good at certain points of the season. I mean, you can make a, a good argument that San Antonio is probably one of the hotter teams in the league. And unfortunately, they're going to miss the playoffs. Uh, it'll be really, really exciting to see Robert Kent and crew go out there and into a playoff game. For Orlando, it was just a season that kind of started off well, and then it kind of just spiraled out of control, especially as the the quarterback carousel began down in Orlando. And they just could not string together multiple wins and a lot of close games that they had. I think it's going to be a lot of fun this Friday in the Columbus Civic Center. Orlando has a big fan base. They usually travel decently well as well. Uh, they travel pretty well like Jacksonville does. They'll have like a little corner inside the Columbus Civic Center. Uh, it's going to be a great game. And Orlando's playing with pride. Uh, they always usually do. Uh, and they're going to give the Lions everything that they want. Uh, they want to make sure that they end this season on a high note, put a stamp on it, and get ready for next season. Jared, we're going to go into playoff scenarios. I'm going to take all three games. First of all, all three of these games are going to go on all at the same time. So we're going to be scoreboard watching. Albany is taking on San Antonio. If Albany wins, they're going to be the number one seed. Even if Carolina wins, Albany will have a better winning percentage. Carolina and Jacksonville are the only teams in the NAL that got 14 games. And the reason why is because their arenas were obligated to have seven home games. Hopefully Mm -hmm. next season, especially when we have the expansion team from Fayetteville and maybe one other team, that we will have seven home games for the 2023 season. But now we're basing it off winning percentage. If Carolina beats Jacksonville, they are going to be the number two seed. Now, Jacksonville is hosting that game. So Carolina, who lost to Jacksonville a couple of weeks ago, and they lost big, but Malik Henry, I mean, what can you say about him? He has got something to prove. He almost registered that comeback. All the talk has been the signing of Tommy Grady. He does get injured. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be for Carolina. But Malik Henry has been sneaky good. He's come out of nowhere. He wants to beat his former team. He started the year in Jacksonville. He's beat the Columbus Lions twice. I mean, we've seen Malik Henry. I think that Malik Henry is going to start that game. Jacksonville's going to be without Devin Wilson, but it is in Jacksonville. I believe Jacksonville is the favorite. You can't count out Arvin Nelson and Cameron Solomon. They have great weapons. Asiah Burley has really got that Jacksonville Sharks team going in a great direction. The likely scenario is Albany will be the number one seed. Columbus will be the number two seed. Jacksonville will be the number three seed. And Carolina will be the number four seed. If Columbus beats Jacksonville at the Civic Center, let's say Carolina pulls off the upset in Albany because they beat Albany three times in the regular season. Let's say Albany loses to Carolina. I'm I'm getting kind of ahead of myself. 
But if if it's if it's Carolina and Columbus and Columbus is the number three seed, that's a home game. Yeah, it'll be a rematch of the 2018 uh, NAL championship, which I know that we we don't usually like to talk about. No, nah, you know, the the championship 66 to eight. Um, but yeah, no, there's still a chance for Columbus to host the NAL championship, and like we talked about, Columbus has played better at home than on the road, and that that's the path that's the path for it. And the way that a lot of these teams have been playing, while some teams are more favored than others, it's been a pretty even league so far. And joining the show is the Columbus Lions quarterback, Mason Espinoza. Mason, welcome. Appreciate you having me, guys. You're 2-0 as a starter this year. I know that that game was a little close, but you have had, uh, you, you've had two games that have come down to the end. Everybody was on the edge of their seat. I mean, but you live for moments like that, right, Mason? Yeah, I mean, that's what, you know, we were talking uh, about after the game, and me and Coach Gibson were talking about, like, man, that's what we do it for. We don't, you know, do it to go out and, you know, win by 30 or 40 like some of the games last year. You go out to, man, to compete, compete at the highest level, get the blood pumping, and to come out on top, no matter if it's by 100 or by 1. Yeah, just talk about the last two weeks. I mean, just coming back for the Lions, nobody, especially the fans, really knew that you were going to show up. And the moment you took the field, I mean, the place went crazy. The, the the comments went crazy. Just talk about coming back to the Columbus Civic Center and being in front of this crowd. Yeah, I mean, I guess credit to Coach Gibson to, to be able to keep it a secret. Uh, I, you know, I, I guess he told me in hindsight he kept me on the roster all year just, I guess, in an in inactive capacity so that he didn't have to tip his hand any to the other team. So I guess there was a little bit of gamesmanship involved there. But, I mean, for me to be able to come back to that to that type of reception, I mean, it meant everything to me. Columbus, it's my second home, that Columbus-Phoenix City area. Uh, I made so many lasting and lifetime friendships and memories there. To be able to come back and be so well-received, it, uh, it was a special moment that, I, that I'll, hold, that'll hold with me for forever. When all this happened, did you just get a call from Coach Gibson and you'd pick up the phone and he just asked, hey, do you want to come back? Or did you always kind of feel like that door was always slightly open? Uh, <laughs> you know what? It, it was one of those things where I hadn't even really uh, considered it just because I didn't know the schedule with my new job. And, you know, I knew it was, I knew it would be a heavy schedule and we'd be busy. Uh, and then so coach called me, you know, uh, at, at some point, I can't even remember when it was a while back to see if there was any interest in, in doing it uh and at the time i couldn't i was really busy and i was like hey you know let's let's revisit this in july you know i think my schedule dies down july a little bit kind of one thing led to another and next thing we know we're we're back uh we're back slinging around the civic center <laughs> mason your story really makes a good made for tv movie that's gonna go on disney plus <laughs> <laughs> and then they came out with the sequel they signed Damian Daniel, the Nighthawk. Hasn't played a game in Columbus since 2016. His number is hanging up on in the rafters of the Columbus Civic Center. And not only does he dress for the game, but he makes a huge play on defense. What does it mean to have the Nighthawk back in a Lions uniform? I mean, it's just very typical Damian Daniels. Uh, just real casually after four years, come back and have a pick six against the Carolina Cobras in a rivalry game. So, man, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, I mean, he's in the rafters for a reason. He has like it, it really doesn't matter uh, how long you take off if you've done something at that high level for that. It's such a such a pleasure and honor to be to be on the same team as him. It's just really fun. He's a good friend. He's a great dude. And uh, when Coach told me he was playing, I couldn't believe it. Just talk about in, in these last two weeks, just. 
kind of getting back in the groove? How long did it take for you to kind of get back comfortable? Or was it just like walking into an old stomping ground and you just fat, you just sat in right away? <laughs> so maybe I'm tipping tipping some stuff here, but I actually for both games, but specifically that first game. I wasn't able to get in until about 2 a.m. on Friday morning, that night before. So I showed up to the Civic Center at about 4. There's a lot of guys on the team that I've known, I've played with, you know, either in Columbus or other places. But there's some key positions, guys, that I had never met, namely centers. Before the game, more so than worried about throwing with receivers and getting timing on routes. I played with all the receivers on the roster at, in some capacity before. I've never taken a snap from either one of our two centers until about two hours before the game. So that, that kind of showed up a little bit in the middle of the game. We had a CQ exchange fumble that they recovered. And then even if you look at during that last drive, there was actually a, a snap. It wasn't fumble, but it wasn't clean. We ended up getting it off anyway. But after that, working the kinks out there, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's arena football. You you know, you throw to spots. And, I mean, we have our receiving cores is unbelievable. So a lot of it is – you know, like any arena quarterback is putting in the right spot and, you know, giving your guys a chance to go make a play. I mean, I think all of every one of, of Jarmon's touchdowns were just him just beating his guy one-on-one. And same thing with Darian, same thing with Kevin, same thing with Dez this week. Uh, I mean, all those guys are just so good. It, it makes uh, my job much easier, especially considering all the time constraints. Mason, I have to ask you, uh, with the playoffs coming ahead, and you're 2-0 as a starter right now. Columbus Lions are in third place with a 6-5 and record. Getting ready to take on Orlando and knowing that if you win, there's a possible chance that Columbus could get a number two seed and host a playoff game the following week. What are you looking for? You're taking on an Orlando team that you met in the playoffs last year and a former teammate, Lonnie Outlaw. But uh, what are you doing, like, mentally preparing yourself, thinking that this is just another game and we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but we got a game in front of us, and Orlando could play spoiler here and, and even knock you to the fourth seed? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, first thing to address in that is you're 100% right. Uh, my man Lonnie's coming back to the Civic Center. Uh, I, I hope he's listening to this. Lonnie's a special guy, one of my dear friends. He's, he's a great guy. Uh, I miss that guy. Wish he was still in Columbus with us. You're right. I mean, we got to be, you know, extra professional, extra attentive this week, just for the simple fact that it is an important game. And even though we're in the playoffs right now, doesn't mean that this game is not huge. I mean, for me, selfishly, I mean, I'm desperate for this game simply because I want another game in the Civic Center. I want to play at home uh, just because I love playing in the Civic Center and you know, I don't have too many more of these left. So uh, I want to play in the Columbus Civic Center as much as I possibly can. And so that's what drives me and hopefully all of us this week is that, you know, that home field advantage is so – it's truly, truly an advantage in arena football. And uh, we need it. it. You know, just flat out, we need it. Every team needs it. So we're going to go out and we're going to put it on the line and uh, and try to go secure that and just kind of let the chips fall where they may. I got to be honest with you, like myself and Jared up in the broadcasting booth, it was the first time I was calling a game with you at quarterback. I've watched some of your archive games. Of course, 56 touchdowns last season. You won the NAL MVP, uh, brought the Lions to the championship game against the Albany Empire last season. But I know that you want to do everything it takes to win a championship for the city of Columbus. And uh, we know once – once we knew we were going to sign you and then you were going to be starting that game, 
I really liked our chances in just about any game that you have. And it is just great. When you have the right quarterback, uh, you could do a lot of great things in arena football. Because I know you're a competitor, and it looked like Carolina was just pulling out all the stops. They went and signed Tommy Grady. He came back from that suspension from Albany. And they also signed Malachi Jones. And they, they signed Joe Hills and Jabari Buckley. And they were just pulling out all the stops because they were breaking out the bank to try to do whatever it takes to win. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? And what, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, all those guys, you know, I know Jabari. I know Mike really well. I know Malachi. I know Tommy very well. Uh, I mean, I, I know all those guys really well. They're great guys, 100%. I mean, it is what it is. You know, those guys are great, great football players in general, and they're great arena football players. And, and for me, it's, you know, there's not going to be anybody in the country that can be signed out there that's going to make me scared to go compete. So for me, I, it doesn't really matter to me. Sign who you want. Sign whoever you want. At the end of the day, we're going to be on a on a 50-yard field figuring out who the better team is that night, and that's what we have to worry about. So, you know, selfishly, you know, I, I want good games. I want competitive games for sure. I love that those guys are going to be around. I think it only brings credence to the league because of, you know, how much success that all those guys have had in arena football. So, you know, bringing those guys in and doing that gives this name, you know, some more star power and name recognition. I'm all for it, you know. I'm all for that, but competitor-wise, man, it doesn't matter. Let's strap it up and let's figure it out. You know, we're going to have 60 minutes. No matter who's on the other team, we're going to have 60 minutes and a 50-yard field to figure out who the better team is that night. And uh, on Saturday night, we were the we were the one-point better team. So there we go. Mason, uh, Jared and I, and really the entire Columbus Lions community, really appreciate that you are back in the Fountain City. And good luck on Saturday. We are definitely going to be pulling for the Lions to try to wrap up at least a number three seed, possibly a number two seed. Going to be doing a lot of scoreboard watching as all those games are taking place at the exact same time. But I know that you got to focus on Orlando, and uh, good luck Saturday. Hey, yeah, thank you guys so much, and thank you for having me. I mean, on a side note, you know, even when I wasn't playing, I listened to all your guys' broadcasts this year. You guys are both doing an unbelievable job. We appreciate you know, for me and, the, you know, as a representative of the players and the organization, you know, the effort and the attention that you guys put into to calling a game for us, uh, it, it means a lot. So we really appreciate it. You guys are doing an awesome job. I hope that we host a playoff game just so you guys get to call one, quite honestly. So we appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Mason. Absolutely. And, Mason, I don't know if you know about this. I found out word from Coach Jason Gibson this morning. If the Columbus Lions make it to the championship game, that game will be Saturday, August 13th. They're going to have a bye, just like the Super Bowl. When you have the NFC and AFC championship games, you have a week to prepare for the Super Bowl. They're going to have a week to prepare for the championship game. So, hey, so now we know when the championship game is, just in case Columbus is hosting it. But hopefully, regardless of the outcome, Columbus is actually in the championship game. And uh, we're definitely going to be uh, having a watch party if it's on the road or – be back at the Columbus Civic Center to call another home game. Yeah, hopefully it's in the Civic Center, man. We get that thing rocking. Uh, by week before the championship, I think that's smart. Let uh, let everyone rest up, let the body heal. I think it makes for a more competitive game for sure. And also, Mason, it gives us an entire two weeks to hype up the game as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a big deal, right? I mean, I, you know, from a, I always think of everything from a player side, but from a marketing side, and you know, from a from a media side, I'm sure that. 
that we can be used very, very wisely, I would imagine. That was Columbus Lions quarterback Mason Espinoza. 2-0 as a starter this season. The Columbus Lions will take on the Orlando Predators this Saturday. Jared, another successful podcast. I will see you in the booth Saturday night as we call our final regular season game. Hopefully it's not our final game, Jared. I, I want to call another game. I, I want to get up there and call a playoff game. Well, here's hoping that not only is it our final or final home game, but maybe, just maybe, the chips fall our way, we can have two more games inside the Columbus Civic Center. Because at that point, you host a championship, that place will be rocking, and it will be an, an atmosphere that you cannot replicate. All right. Jared, I got to say, Mason Espinoza, was a great guest. We've had him on the show before. Uh, I just really appreciate his professionalism, and I'm just so glad that he's back in the Fountain City and uh, winning once again for the Columbus Lions. Yeah, look, Mason's one of those guys is that he's great for the Lions on the field, but it's important what he does off the field. He's just bringing new life and new energy uh, to the organization. And, and really uh, – these, these last two games, you've really seen that spark out of the Columbus Lions. We've seen the offensive firepower against San Antonio. And then, at least for that first half against Carolina, you saw that defensive energy and aggression. If the Lions can just put that together for all four quarters, I think they're one of the best teams in NAL. I couldn't agree more, Jared, and I'm looking forward to calling that game with you on Saturday against Orlando. Yeah, look, it's going to be a lot of fun back to school night. Uh, I, I also saw on the Columbus Lions website that kids get in free and they get admission to a pool at the Columbus Civic Center. So a Ooh. great way to cool off with that heat wave coming through. Nice. Yeah, especially with my kids going back to school in a couple of weeks. That's going to be fun. All right. I hope everybody had a great day and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.